0: You're in the Waterloop. Waterloop,
1: Waterloop, Waterloop. Waterloop is made possible in part by grants from Springpoint Partners and the Walton Family Foundation. Hi, this is Travis with Waterloop. If you've listened to this podcast before, you've heard me talk about high Sierra showerheads. I am such a big fan of them for their water efficiency, for the powerful spray they provide, their solid metal construction, no plastic parts involved, and how they're made in the USA. But there are some other great recommendations on High Sierra Showerheads. Let me share these with you. They are named Best Showerhead by Popular Science. They are named Best Showerhead by CNET. High Sierra Showerheads also gets named Best Low Flow Showerhead by Wirecutter, Treehugger, and CNN Underscored. You can also look on Amazon and see that they get tons of high-star reviews from all the satisfied customers. You can get 20% off using promo code LOOP20 at HighSierraShowerheads.com. You're in the Waterloop. Hi, welcome to Waterloop. This is Travis, joined for this episode by Mariana Del Valle-Prito Cervantes. She is with Green Latinos. She is the Water Equity and Ocean Program Manager. Thanks for coming on the podcast.
0: Yeah, thank you for having us. We're really excited about it.
1: So there's a lot of different issues to, to discuss and dive into here. Um, but first, could you, for people, could you explain uh, your organization, Green Latinos?
0: Yeah, of course. So Green Latinos is a national nonprofit organization. We convene an active comunidad of Latino, Latina, Latinx leaders, emboldened by the power and wisdom of our culture, united to demand equity and dismantled racism, resource to win our environmental um, in conservation climate justice battles and driven to secure our political, economic, cultural, and environmental liberation. Uh, so, you know, uh, one of the things I really appreciate about Green Latino before I even started to work with them. I was... Uh, one of their members. And I was working for a mostly white-led organization and uh, doing some incredible outreach work in and around ocean conservation, uh, but really felt siloed. I was the only Latina there um, doing the work that I was doing, doing uh, community outreach to our Latino uh, communities. Um, And so Green Latinos provided us this space for me to um, create community with people that look like me, that talk like me, uh, that were Latinos, um, that were doing environmental work uh, and uh, was also able to uh, learn a lot from from everybody that I've met and uh, was able to do fly-ins to D.C., advocate on ocean issues and other issues that mattered in my community. Um, So that is what Green Latinos really provides uh, to our members. Uh, So I really appreciated them for that. Um, Our vision is to see a healthy and equitable society where communities of color are liberated from this environmental burdens, are free to breathe fresh fresh air, drink pure water, access transportation and enjoy clean transportation and enjoy our maj- majestic public lands, oceans and of course our waters. Uh, so uh, some of our values that I really appreciate is that uh, piece that I mentioned, community, comunidad. Uh, to really come together, form relationships, share resources, cultivate the compassion and power needed uh, to make transformational change within our communities. Um, we really are pride ourselves in, you know, um, not just advocating for the Latino community, but advocating for uh, other communities of color, low-income communities, um, and uh, disadvantaged communities that have been disproportionately impacted. Um, the fight for environmental liberation is a, is a fight for justice and we really see it that way Um, we really pride ourselves in our culture we're not a monolith Uh, Latinos are very different um, you know but we do um, we do recognize that um our culture really brings a whole lot of perspective in how we care about the environment, how we care about water. Uh, so, so we really pride ourselves in in doing that and celebrating our identities, uh, and really seeking to make sure that we are accountable to our ma- members, to our stakeholders, uh, to our staff, um, and so that's Green Latinos.
1: Mm what a what an incredible explanation and mission. Uh, I love I love that you kind of wove your personal uh, connection in there. Um, The idea that you weren't really um, feeling as connected, or you felt isolated, maybe in in your positions before. Um, And I I definitely want to hear about that. You know, I I think when I reached out to you and your organization, um, you know, I've talked about wanting to gain more perspective myself. Right? I'm kind of that that white middle-aged man um, who uh, really wants to learn more uh, about the water issues that Latino communities face um, and I want to share more of these, these stories and this information with the audience of this podcast, so that's why I'm glad you're on here. Um, I think you all have done some polling along the way about the Latino community's concerns and interest as it relates to water and other environmental issues. Um, I thought that was, the results are very interesting, um, and uh, especially as it comes to water and where that stands. Could you share, share some of that?
0: Yeah, so we did a nationwide study on Latino borders. Uh, This was in collaboration with Sierra Club. It was a few years back um, during the Trump administration. And what the polling really um, showed us is what we already know uh, in our communities, and that is that something that continues to be true to this day and that that is that we are highly latinos are highly concerned when it comes to issues in and around climate change and one of the reasons why that is is because we are disproportionately impacted by them whether it's the wildfires uh hurricanes that we're seeing especially right now with hurricane ida um and um in other issues and so because we're we're experiencing this this uh these different issues in our communities, we're more likely to want to advocate for them and want to uh, really um, do some work around that. Um, The other thing that it showed when it comes to water is that 95% of Latinos feel that fishing and other outdoor activities like hunting, uh, kayaking, camping are a way of life. Um, That protecting our land, protecting our waters, uh, is protecting our culture, our community, our family, nuestra familia. Um, And so that was 95% of Latinos. Ninety percent of Latinos also felt that protecting and um, protecting our waters is really critical for our economy. It's um, it's very critical because it maintains and gives us the the ability to maintain and create jobs now and in the future. Uh, And. You know what? What they also said, um, Latino said in this in this polling was that they would want to see the next administration, which is currently the Biden administration, to focus on combating water pollution by implementing and enforcing strong water pollution rules uh, uh, for power plants and uh, limiting um, pollutants in water, like coal ash, PFAS, and other contaminants that we're seeing in water. Um, and like I mentioned before, this is something that we see in our communities, we see this disproportionate uh, realities um, and we want uh, that we want to do something about it, um, which I feel like sometimes uh, in society, you know, we're not looked upon as your typical environmentalist Um because we don't have you know, the, the outdoor gear when we're going out. Uh, we, we come in groups to the river to hang out, to barbecue. Uh, and so I think uh, for that, uh, many don't see us as your typical environmentalist.
1: Mm. Uh, lots of good stuff to follow up on. Um, maybe not in the questions that we talked about, but I want to just follow up on some stuff. What do you, what, what is the, what do you think the typical environmentalist is maybe? Um, that, what's that different image maybe than, than the Latinos that you're speaking of?
0: Yeah, I think um, you know, and I'm thinking as a Latina, a brown woman. Um, when I got into the environmental field, um, you know, everybody was white middle-aged men. Um, mm-hmm. and when I was hiking, or um, you know, in school, and when I was going to school, when I was going to college, um, a lot of uh, uh, it was mostly white white people in my classrooms. Um, so, so it it has never felt like the environmental. Field or uh, conservation field was something where I was supposed to be at, uh, but I was really passionate about it and uh, wanted to, to be part of it. Um, and so, in my own way. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of what I feel um, if you Google environmentalists, it's mostly what you're going to get
1: right kind of like my comment earlier right about about myself <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm well yes. aware um i also thought uh it was very interesting when you said you know all la- the latino community is not a monolith that that should mm-hmm. be understood right just just like any any race or any population it's not just all you can't paint it with a broad brush and not all the same but why is that important yes. when it comes to you know latinos and the environment and water
0: yeah, I think that's that's important uh, to to recognize and understand because um, it, it really speaks to um, you know our different perspectives that we may have, um, our, our different identities. Um, again, I'm a brown Latina woman um, that has experienced racial injustices, that has been tokenized, and um, some of my counterparts, um, Latina women who are more white passing, um, you know, having experienced some of, some of that. Um, So it's really, it's really critical to understand that and to recognize that, um, you know, there's a lot of talk right now about diversity, equity, and inclusion. um, And one of the things is, you know, really celebrating our, our differences and recognizing our differences. Uh, And that, that also comes in the Latino community, white supremacy is something that, that, it, that we we also have um have had a part in and and not only that uh but we are also um you know the people that uh there's also the issue of colorism in our communities uh, that needs to be recognized um so so that's really important for our community it's really important to to recognize that and to also recognize that this, the the racial injustices, like I mentioned, are also bleeding into uh, the environmental injustices and mostly Mm. black, brown, um, indigenous communities tend to bear the brunt, um, tend to be uh, lower income, uh, tend to live next to um, polluted uh, waterways. Uh, So it's really recognizing all of that.
1: Mm. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about the work that you all do then, uh, as it comes to water, what, what are kind of your focus areas? Where are you trying to make progress?
0: Yeah. So, um, one of the things that is clear for Green Latinos as an organization is that Agua Es Vida Water is life, and it's a human right. Um, so no one um, should go without water. That's a basic human right, and that's something that even the U.S. hasn't come out and you know recognized. Uh, we believe that everyone. Um, I should have access to clean, healthy, and affordable water to drink, to recreate, uh, to enjoy and find solace in for our physical and our mental well-being. Uh, So one of our policy priorities here at Green Latinos is uh, water equity. Uh, That's one of our core priorities here. And it's really addressing issues through awareness, advocacy for strong policy investments, um, strong policy, strong investments in outreach Uh, in our communities that advances clean water access and affordability. Uh, Green Latinos works on water equity, uh, seeks to advance Latino communities, but like I mentioned before, not just Latino communities, but all communities uh, through infrastructure investment, as we're seeing right now with all the conversation in Congress, um, access to clean in uh, clean water in rural and urban communities, and addressing water affordability and advancement of racial equity. Um, like I mentioned before, there's disproportionalities. Uh, when it comes to environmental injustices and what does that look like in in the water in the water aspect it looks like two million people uh not having access to clean uh to clean water and um and when it comes to Latino communities, uh, they're two times as likely not to have access to even plumbing in their in their households. Uh, we're talking about places that are mostly rural, um, like the San Joaquin Valley, which is made up of um, communities of farm worker communities, Latino communities. Uh, Las Colonias down in uh, Texas and New Mexico uh, are, also, um, are also part of that conversation when we're talking about rural communities. Um, Um, And so so really recognizing those disproportionate realities in our communities Um, and then when it comes to affordability, you know, we're seeing uh, water bills rising and um, and then there's just a study that just came out that is saying that 25 million people don't have access to clean water. Uh, and their water is contaminated with toxins. In that um, counties where Latinos make up twenty five percent of the population, or more, uh, tend to be the ones that um, are are drinking that unsafe drinking water. Uh, so Green Latinos has what's uh, called the Water Equity Working Group. Is this a way for our gente, our people, to? C- come together, uh, amazing Latino leaders from all over the nation, uh, that are working on water in different water sectors, um, you know, from, you know, small frontline, uh, communities, um, organizations to, um, Uh, Latinos are working in big green organizations, uh, foundations, government agencies to come together, uh, share ideas, share resources, share lived experiences, because that's what really drives strong policy. Um, And, you know, we usually come together for a summit uh, during the year, uh, every year. But during the pandemic, we actually um, did it virtually. We come together, we reassess what are what we want to be addressing in the Chino you know, water issues. There's a ton of them, and so um, what we what we came up with as far as our goals for this year, and next year, is to really um, recognize water is intersectional. How is it impacting the climate change uh, realities that we're seeing today? Um, how is it impacting our health um, and our wildlife and habitats? Um, so that's one of the one of our our goals there. Another goal is to ensure that there's safe and affordable uh, drinking water. rural and agricultural communities and also um, have emergency response set up for water crises, especially what we saw during the pandemic, um, you know, fighting so that there's no water shot off, fighting so that people have their basic uh, human right, their basic PPE during the this global pandemic. Um, and then, you know, make sure that we are um, helping give resources to folks that are impacted by uh, hurricanes um, and, other, and, and other things that we're seeing due to climate change.
1: I'm glad that you're a number of those examples you mentioned, um, places where there's, there's water equity issues. Um, you know, I think from working in water, I'm familiar with a number of those. And from doing podcasts, I'm familiar with them. Uh, the number of people in California that don't have access, reliable access to safe drinking water, it's a staggering number. And like mm-hmm. you said, uh, many of those are in the, the, in the agricultural areas, Latinos who are working in that area, uh, the, the border area, the, you know, the colonias that you mentioned, um, so many people aren't even aware of, of those areas. Um, so it's, it's important to shine a light on all of that. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned, you yeah. mentioned a word I wanted to, to kind of get your definition of or, or get you to explain okay. a little bit more. <laughs> and that's the intersectional term.
0: Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I've
1: seen that a lot more over the past year, year and a half. Um, what does that mean?
0: Yeah, that intersectional word. Um, I have a love and hate relationship with it. <laughs> but uh, what it really means is, you know, recognizing that, you know, water issues are not just, you know, water issues. You know, um, they are uh, being impacted by what's happening in climate change. Um, when, when we're fighting for, um, you know, clean water, clean waterways, we also need to recognize that, you know, that is also going to help. Ensure that people have access to clean water and it's not impacting their health. Um, and so, so, so just kind of recognizing the different intersections in the work that we're doing in the different fields out there. Um, and you know, if you're in the, in you, if you're in public health, uh, you're in, well, you, you should be a water advocate because um, you know, water is essential uh, to having uh, physical and mental well-being. Um, and same thing. If you're if you're fighting the climate justice, it's not just about um, you know f- uh, fighting coal coal plants and in, uh, in fossil fuels. It's how how are those uh, industries impacting the water, and how do we hold them accountable uh, for for what they're doing uh, to our water. Um, so it's it's really recognizing all of these different intersections uh, that are out there. Um, and Green Latinos tries to do that. We have uh, five different policy priorities, uh, but we we recognize that all of them are are kind of um, interconnected, and uh, want to make sure that we we work towards that as well. Mm.
1: You said a love hate relationship with the word. Why why do you dislike it sometimes?
0: Yeah, so sometimes I dislike it just because it's used so much. Just like mm-hmm. diversity, equity, and inclusion, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, it's used. It's often used too much, and it's often used. Um, I, I sometimes feels it's, it's it's more of a, a, a blanket to cover uh, some of the deeper, deeper mm-hmm. um, problems out there interesting yeah. yes, yes
1: no sure yeah sometimes words and phrases make their way and they just become overused and yes. thrown, and thrown around and um yeah things just lumped under that category and and everything mm-hmm. absolutely get it um <clears throat> you know you talked about water equity i think environmental justice is is intertwined in that you, you touched on that yes. um mm-hmm. i'd like to dig into like water equity, and environmental justice, uh, solutions or success stories? I mean, you mentioned you have a working group and you get folks together. Um, there's a lot of challenges out there, but have, have there been any kind of, um, you know, any success stories, any progress made, any solutions that you're really advocating for when it comes to water equity and and environmental justice? (laughs)
0: Yeah, uh, that that's a really good question. Um, so in the last couple of years, it's really been that pushback, right, um, that we saw during uh, the last administration. And I, I, I guess I should say we, we tend to focus a lot on federal issues, mm, sure. um, I guess. And so um, that was that was a lot of it. Right. Pushing back on those rollbacks, pushing back on the navigable uh, protections rule known as the dirty water rule, uh, that the Trump administration put forth, uh the coal ash rule, Section 401. Um, and so so that was something that we were really focusing on. Um, but I guess the success story that I that I would say during that time uh was, you know, especially during the pandemic, it was ensuring that our members had access to the resources that they needed, um, making sure that there was a national water shutoff. Um moratorium um which unfortunately i think it's it's already um it's it's already um kind of uh, uh deadlined um by making sure that you know folks knew where to find assistance um you know not just on water but uh other resources we also had um you know our Colorado organizer in uh, he was doing some amazing work, making sure that the houseless community, because you know when the pandemic came, evictions came, or people weren't able to afford their bills and uh, or their rent. Uh, so there was an uptick on houseless on the houseless community, um, and you know making sure that they also had um, access to clean water. Um, so so there was a, a big push in Colorado to make sure that our house this community um, was getting that that type of resource to them. Um, so there they they were trucks um, that would come with water and that gave them a form to wash their hands. It gave them some drinking water during the pandemic. Um, so I would say that was a really good success story during the pandemic of in a way for our community to come together and help each other um, where we could. Um I think another I think currently, as far as potential solutions, is what we're seeing right now and the push for the bipartisan infrastructure bill and budget reconciliation. There's some huge investments that we haven't seen before when it comes to water. I mean, just the $55 billion in water infrastructure is huge, um, since the federal government has not given a whole lot of investment to water in in rec- recent years. It's still not enough. Um I think only 15 billion are allocated towards replacing lead, pipe, lead pipes, and we know that we need more, way more than that. I, I think the estimate is 60 billion dollars. So uh, there's 75 percent of land lines that are going to go untouched uh, because there's not enough investments um, in water infrastructure, even though um, it's still huge the amount that we're getting. Um, and it's also during the CARES Act. Um, There was the the it's it's not a permanent solution, but there is a low income water assistance program that we advocated for um, in in, in it's in HHS um, uh, Health Human Services. Uh, And so that should be providing some funding uh, so that people can pay their bills and pay their water bills which is critical like I mentioned during this this pandemic and uh, critical to have access to your basic form of PPE um, and so what we're currently working on is we know that that program is not perfect. There's a lot of barriers for our communities and uh, not just you know, um, low income and in communities of color but also so, our undocumented communities um, aren't able to to access any of this, um, any of this funding. Uh, so, there, there's a lot of barriers for for people to even access the funding to pay their water bills. Um, and we, we're working currently right now uh, to see if there's any way if, that we can do that during the bipartisan. Um, During these negotiations with the Bipartisan Infrastructure Bill and Budget Reconciliation, um, uh, currently in in the BIB, um, there is a pilot program uh, under EPA to uh, To provide funding for low income water assistance. Uh, but there's zero funding for it as of now since it is a new program and there's only a 40 city cap uh, on it. So meaning that EPA can only establish this in either 40 cities or 40 utilities. Um, I forget which one, uh, but there's definitely a cap. Uh, so we're working right now to get rid of the cap um, Add funding to this, and if we can't do that, add more funding to the HHS program, which is not a permanent program um, at the moment. Um, so, so really looking for different ways where we can um, make sure that water becomes affordable to the ones that are the most vulnerable in our communities and and are unable to to pay their bills. Um, so, so I would say that that is a huge. Potential solution and huge success story but in in it of itself, since there's a little bit more investment in water, um, and also um, you know I mentioned the water equity uh, working group, uh, and again one of the things that we we want to do is in Green Latinos is, is provide access, provide access to to um, leaders in, in in government at the federal level. Um, Provide access to resources and funding opportunities for, for our members. Um, and so recently we were able to have a couple of dozen of our members from different parts of, of the country, from California to Puerto Rico, come together virtually and meet with EPA Office of Water to share their concerns. And, you know, we want to make sure that their voices are being heard, that we're uplifting our people, our gente, and um, that, you know, it's it's falling on the right ears and, and making sure that we're, we're part of the table, we're part of the decision-making table.
1: Sure. Um, you mentioned something else. Uh, I kind of wanted to touch on. Uh, you know, you mentioned undocumented population, but uh, you know, along with uh, you know that issue, there's a real uh, growth in the Latino population in the United States. It's a it's a growing population. It's a growing portion of the United States population. And I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on how that figures into these water equity issues and the water equity work. Um, It would seem to give that latino community more um i don't know if power is the right word but but more ability to have influence as the the population grows um yeah
0: yeah yeah that's that's a good point and and i think we are seeing a little bit of that um but I think there's still a lot of inequities, even when it comes to our population and how we're being represented, right? I just uh, I would I was just on one of our, our calls with one of our Green Latino members uh, that was helping with the census, and you know there there was a real. Um, Uh, real challenges to getting an accurate count of our population um, because of the pandemic, but also because our community doesn't trust (laughs) uh, the census, and especially our undocumented community. Um, And so we saw a lot of places where we know the population is getting bigger, um, actually drop, um, through the census. So we know that some of the funding won't even get to them. So, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different things that need to be addressed when it comes to water. And I think that's also where that intersection comes in.
1: Mm, Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, another thing I wanted to touch on real quick is, you know, uh, Latino, Latina, Latinx, uh, that's a, Mm -hmm. I think a phrase that's come in a word rather that's come a little bit more mainstream and maybe people don't understand what that, could you explain that for folks?
0: Course yes uh, so Latinx um, and I, I guess I should say you know even in our community this is still something that's new and um, again we're not a monolith we have opinions and we we all have different identities there's Afro Latinos that have more uh, Afro African descent um, you know there's um, more Indigenous Latinos um, there's Latinos that don't even you know they're they're more uh, tied to their uh, you, you know, where they came from. So some of them, you know, will say they're Mexican-Americans or Chicanos, um, uh, which means that they've been here for many generations. So so there's a lot of words out there. Uh, but Latinx um, really uh, speaks to a couple of things. One is, you know, um, just like we're, we're starting to recognize non- non-binary people uh, that don't identify as she or he, uh, they identify as they, uh, Latinx kind of speaks a little bit to that and, you know, making sure that, you know, their uh, non-binary um, Latino, Latinx people um, feel recognized. Uh, so so there's a little bit of that Um uh, and then it also comes into our language, and our language is very, um, you know, we have feminine and male words, um, so, so kind of getting a little bit rid of that because the, the male do, uh, dominates, dominates the, the language, uh, mm-hmm. so speaking a little bit about equality in the sexes by using Linux.
1: And very simply like the O is the is the male and ah uh, is the female side right yes
0: okay yes right. yes and uh-huh. even in latin america there's um latin a with an e okay. so huh. yes and that speaks to spanish speaking dominant uh, uh, as their dominant language you know latinx is something that isn't recognized or you know that isn't understandable so uh, it's latin a in okay. spanish Ah, mm-hmm. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, last topic area I wanted to ask you about is is part of your title, and that's the oceans uh, yes. and the coasts. And I think that's something you might have a personal affinity for as well. Um, so yeah, what's what's your connection to the to the ocean and the coasts?
0: yeah so i'm actually that's that's kind of i grew up right next to the ocean in monterey bay Mm -hmm. well i I should say i am an immigrant myself so i actually moved from um new uh, mexico mexico city when i was um eight years old i landed here in california next to the monterey bay um and it was a place that's really beautiful if you've you've ever been Mm -hmm. very beautiful coastlines rocky shores uh it's a marine protected area, um, and so very beautiful coast. Uh, when I was growing up, I didn't I didn't have a connection to the ocean as I should. And you know, talking about those accessibility issues that we mentioned before, I, it wasn't a place that I felt seen. It wasn't a place that I felt safe as an immigrant. Um, and it wasn't until I got to college that I was able to connect with the ocean, learn about its history, and um, really started my work in env- in the environmental field. Uh, working in an ocean conservation um so so that is how i kind of got into our into ocean work and um and eventually learned more about water uh and you know all waterways do lead back to the ocean so we need to be full water advocates both for the water issues and the ocean issues
1: yeah, I'm a water person, but I like my water with lots of salt in it. I'm a I'm an ocean person, uh, yeah, you know, through and through. Uh, so when it comes to uh, green Latinos, what are your concerns with the oceans and the and the coasts? What what are your real concerns, and what are they, what are you trying to do there?
0: Yeah, so so like I mentioned, um, having equitable access to to our public lands and our also our ocean, our coastlines, our beaches is is, is still a real concern for us as as uh, Latinos as Latinx, uh, but also as you know in the BIPOC field, it's something that we're working towards having. So really making sure that our communities, overlooked community, historically overlooked communities uh, feel welcomed, um, uh, that they find their own history and their own heritage, their own culture reflected in the stories that are told in um, that places um, are protected, our people, um, that our places are protected that are, you know, speaking to our culture, speaking to our history, uh, but also, people um, that are working in the outdoor industry, in the outdoor fields, uh, in the National Park Services, in Fish and Wildlife, NOAA represent the community that they're serving, representing uh, us in, you know, representation really matters. Like I mentioned before, Um, I never really felt the conservation movement was for me um, in because I didn't see anybody that looked like me either. Um, and so now it's really making sure that people see themselves in these fields. Um, this one thing that, that we're really focusing on when it comes to ocean work. Another thing is um, focusing on plastic pollution and plastics just seem to follow me everywhere in my field. <laughs> um, I did some local states and uh, state work here in California to reduce single-use plastics. Um, and now I'm, work- I'm working on the federal level to do that with Green Latinos. And it's really <clears throat> telling the, the whole story of plastics, right? Plastic is just not a waste accumulation. It's also, um, it, when you're looking at the holistic story of plastic, it's impacting, it's an environmental justice issue. because it's impacting our communities from extraction all the way to end of life. It is a climate crisis issue because we know that the fossil fuel industry is moving towards uh, gearing up their plastic production um, as we move towards more renewable energy. Uh, So in these issues of uh, incineration, you know, here in California, where I'm based, we're seeing the last two incinerators in our communities are in Latino communities in Modesto and in Long Beach, um, and you know we know that these have uh, impacts in our health, um, asthma rates in in our reproduction system. Uh, so so this is a real real concern to our communities, and you know one of the things um, when it comes to plastics is that. You know, we we need to reduce uh, single use plastics, and our communities know how to do that the best. We we reduce and we reuse everything. We all have a, a drawer full of plastics bags that we reuse over and over again. We have containers from butter containers to sour cream containers that we use as Tupperware. Um, so, so it's something that, you know, we want to recognize the disparities, but also celebrate the ways that we are helping uh, reduce uh, single-use plastic pollution. Um, and the last thing I'll say when it comes to our ocean work is, you know, uh, working for to make sure that the ocean is looked as a solution to the climate crisis. And, you know, by protecting and restoring places that are going to have a Great impact on uh, on um, reducing uh, the CO2 levels, uh, like health forests, mangroves, corals by protecting and restoring these areas. It's also creating a buffer um, for coastal communities um, when it comes to hurricanes and storms and sea level rise. Um, so, so making sure that there there is that you know um recognition that by restoring these it's not just for flora fauna or biodiversity which are all great things uh but it's also going to help with the climate change uh, crisis and it's going to help our coastal communities in our latino and other communities of color Hmm.
1: fantastic as a again as an ocean lover i appreciate hearing all of that um really terrific points um and yeah, that plastic pollution is following us everywhere. That is for sure. Yes. Mariana, I, I appreciate all this information and perspective, um, really educational for me and I'm sure others. And, uh, you know, as I spoke off air, um, I definitely want to continue exploring uh, the challenges and also the solutions uh, when it comes to water and Latinos. So, uh, but, but thank you for this conversation today. I appreciate Kevin. it.
0: Thank you. Really appreciate uh, your time. And thank you for for giving the space.
1: Thanks, everyone, for listening to today's episode. A special thanks to Waterloop supporters, Spring Point Partners, and the Walton Family Foundation. The Waterloop podcast is sponsored by High Sierra Showerheads, the smart, stylish way to save energy, water, and money while enjoying a powerful shower. Use promo code LOOP20 for 20% off at HighSierraShowerHeads.com. If you like Waterloop, please subscribe to the YouTube channel or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on social media and visit Waterloop.org to sign up for updates. Waterloop,
0: Waterloop, Waterloop.